Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. It most likely baby Jesus was born out in the open. And so with little to no comfort, little to no personal dignity, Mary gave birth. And the king of kings, God's own unique son, was born. As was the custom in the day, Mary took her baby and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And the only mention, the only reason the inn is even mentioned, or an inn is even mentioned, is because Luke is telling us why she put him in a feeding trough. There was nowhere else. There was nothing else available. So she simply put him in a feeding trough. What an inauspicious beginning for the Messiah. Not far from Bethlehem, there were shepherds who were tending some sheep. They were close to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the temple was located. And there's strong evidence that these shepherds might not have been keeping watch over their own personal property. In fact, they may have actually been keeping watch over sheep that had been put into their charge, sheep that were there to be used for sacrifice. If that's true, then what happens next is all the more glorious. For as those shepherds kept watch over their sheep that were destined for sacrifice, the true Lamb of God, the final and ultimate sacrifice for sin had just been born. And Luke tells us that an angel sent by God appeared to them to make this known. Of course... They were afraid. Wouldn't we be afraid if a supernatural glowing being suddenly appeared before us? But this otherworldly being was not there for harm. Instead, he was there to give these humble men the best news they could ever receive. In fact, the angel says it is good news for all people. And I want to stop there for just a moment and, and, and just make it clear That as we think about what the angel announced to the shepherds, it wasn't just for them. It really is for all people. All people. People who had lived and already died. This news that the shepherd, that the angel's going to give to the shepherd will impact people who have already passed from the face of the earth. It would impact people who were living then and there. As Jesus is being born, it would impact us who were yet to be born into the future. We would be impacted as well. They didn't understand the full implications of the announcement, but but they had been living in expectation of God doing something for, for the good of mankind. And now standing before them is a glorious angel to say that their time of expectation is over. He's here. He's just down the road. Luke goes on to say that before they could catch their breath or even ask a question, before they could close their slack jaw mouths, thousands upon thousands of angels filled the sky and they could be heard praising God in song saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. In that statement, that one sentence there, The angelic worship reveals the purpose and the result of the actualization of the good news of Jesus Christ. Take note of the purpose. They tell us that the reason Jesus has come, the reason the Messiah has come, is to bring glory to God. 
The reason for the incarnation is all about the glory of God. Make no mistake that the purpose of Christ coming to earth was to demonstrate, to call attention to, to put on display the glorious grace of God. That's the reason. If God allowed us to receive what we deserve, we would all receive eternal condemnation. The Bible tells us, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But the good news is that God's love is so glorious that he gave his son. He gave him to be a sacrifice for sin, even while we were dead in our sins, so that he could make us alive together with Christ Jesus, so that he could make us into his dearly loved sons and daughters. As much as we rejoice in that, as much as we celebrate that, let us not forget that the motivation of God to do that is not based on man's need primarily, but on the enormity of his own glory, of his love shown through grace. Jesus came to put God's glory on display. They also talked about the result, the result of his coming which is peace with God. But note, it's not just peace with God in general. It's peace with God upon those with whom he is pleased to bestow grace. And let us be careful here. The statement is not saying that saving grace is given to those who find a way to please God, for no one can please God in their sin. It's rather a statement of God's sovereignty. That he alone holds the power to make peace between himself and fallen man possible. And we praise God that in his heart he, he determined to do just that very thing. God gave the Apostle John the ability to see into the future. To see the results of the Messiah's birth, life, death, and resurrection. And I want you to see what he records as he looks into the future and sees that result. Revelation chapter 7 beginning with verse 9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. The Lamb there is speaking of Jesus. And they were clothed in white robes. Those white robes that that John saw these people wearing were purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they were holding palms branches in their hands. Palm branches are symbols of peace. And he saw them crying out with a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all of the angels, yes, even those angels that appeared to those shepherds on the night that Jesus was born, were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. That leads me to a second truth point this morning and that is this, that God determined before creation that he would redeem a people that he would redeem a people from all the people groups of the earth for himself. A people upon whom he would bestow his good favor by providing a sacrifice for their sin and eternal life through his son, Jesus the Messiah. Even more, he purposed to send this message of good news to all the people, inviting whosoever will to come to him and receive forgiveness and new life in Christ. The Bible tells us, Scripture teaches us, that those who respond in faith to God's call to saving grace 
are those with whom he is well pleased. Those who respond to the call in faith are those with whom he is well pleased because they wear the white robes of Jesus' righteousness and perfection. How glorious is God that he would do this for fallen man. That he would provide a way for us to be brought out of our condemnation, out of our fallen state, to be dressed in the goodness and the righteousness of Jesus and to be made acceptable and perfected in his sight, not because of our goodness, but because of the goodness of the one whom we are in. And so armed with this good news, the shepherds take leave of their sheep, and they head off to Bethlehem to see for themselves this baby who is the Savior of the world. How many babies were born in Bethlehem that day? Don't know. Maybe there was just one. Maybe there were ten. But if there were others, we can be assured of this. There was only one who was wrapped in swaddling cloths and was laying in that that condition in an animal's feeding trough. It was a sign. It was a sign that God had prepared for the shepherds, a sign to strengthen their faith, a sign to bolster their confidence in his word. Mission Church, I tell you that the babe in a manger remains the sign to you and I of God's love and his mercy and his grace. We take leave of Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus there in Bethlehem and we go 30 years down the road. And Jesus is at the synagogue there in his hometown of Nazareth. And they pass to him a scroll. It's the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he unrolls that scroll and he finds a place that we now know as Isaiah 61. And he stands up and he reads these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, notice, to preach the gospel to the poor, not just the poor who don't have food to eat or clothes to wear or or money to buy things, but, but those who are poor in spirit who recognize their need of God's redemption. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Jesus' focus from the very beginning was to bring God's good favor to those who knew they were lost, to bring God's redemption to those who knew they were undone, to bring God's salvation to those who knew they needed it. And so we find his earthly life beginning in the midst of humility and need. It's a fitting place. It's a fitting place for the Savior of sinners. Before we go today, I want us to be reminded, though, that Jesus is not in that place anymore. He is not in that place of humility and need. The Bible tells us that today he is ascended to the right hand of the throne of God He is there in his glorified, eternal body. Scripture says he is there representing us before the Father, interceding for our needs. And by his Spirit, he is in this world today calling out to sinners. Turn from your sin, he says. Lay down your guilt. Receive my sacrifice for sin. And live with me for eternity. Today, 
on this Sunday before the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, I invite you to do that very thing. Lay down sin's curse. Don't carry that guilt anymore. Don't carry that shame anymore. Don't carry that brokenness anymore. Jesus came and he took that and he dealt with it and he rose from the dead victorious and he brings to us spiritual healing, reconciliation with the Father, a new identity as sons and daughters of Almighty God and he invites us to walk with him. What greater gift is there in this world than that? What could you get? What could be parked in your driveway? What what, what could be under the tree that would be more exciting, more thrilling, more eternal than that? I tell you that everything we're going to get this this season, it will go away. It will fade. It will be stolen. It will rot. It will just go to dust. But this one gift that comes to us from God, the creator of all things, will last for all of eternity. And it will literally change our lives. If you hear nothing else today, hear this. God's love for you is demonstrated in the giving of Jesus. He was given for you. He was given for me that we might be bought out of sin and brought into the glorious light of his kingdom. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.